Hello, and welcome to Farmers Capital Conversations. I'm your host, Casey Silveria. This podcast aims to expand your social, intellectual, and economic capital. Investing on and off the farm is hard enough. Here, we will provide insightful stories and resources to help out. Full transparency, this is our shameless way for you to like us and hopes you partner with us down the road. Lastly, there are no ads here. All I ask is you enjoy and share if you find value. Now, on to the episode. performance code. So that's somebody that helps an individual get a higher level of clarity, energy, productivity, courage, and influence in their lives, right? So basically, once we cover all those areas, once we know what the amazing life we want to create, once we get the productivity to move towards it, we can we can achieve anything we put, we put our minds to. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Today, we have a really cool guest on the show, international, Jens Nielsen. He immigrated from Denmark in 1996 after a successful career in IT. Jens followed his passion for real estate and coaching and is now a full-time real estate investor and certified high-performance coach. We'll get into that here in a little bit. He is currently a direct owner and general partner and operator in over 2,000 apartment units across the country, valued at over $200 million. Jens, we are excited to have you on the show. No, thanks. Um, I'm excited to be here too, Casey. It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, I got to ask, you know, why the move from Denmark? Like, What, what <laughs> happened? Well, it's obviously a couple of days ago, right? Um, you know, I'm just looking for <laughs> some adventure in my early in my early 20s, an opportunity came for uh, for some work opportunities back then, and I decided that, well, you know, I didn't really have any attachments, so I was like, why not try it? You know, try it for a little while, and then I ended up meeting my now wife in 1997, and we've been together ever since, so that was kind of probably the reason why I ended up staying here for so long. Gotcha. So it was mainly for work way back in the day. And then traveled to the U.S., met your wife, and figured out this is a place to settle down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just kind of fell in love with the opportunities here, right? I mean, I come from Denmark. is a small country. It's, you know, there's not a ton of outdoor things or, you know, uh, entrepreneurship and so forth. And I just came here and I was like, wow, it's a huge country. There's so many things to do. I really got into outdoor activities and you know, skiing and biking and all these things and just, just, I was just amazed by the opportunities and I just ended up, ended up staying. That's kind of what ended up yeah. happening, I guess. Fair enough. Fair enough. And I like that you touch on opportunities, not only in business, but also lifestyle. Like this country has so many options depending on what lifestyle you experience. One of the common ones where I'm from, we spend the summers in Idaho or Oregon or Washington and during the winter, we fly down to Arizona or Mexico for a few months, um, call them snowbirds. Um, I'm not one right now, but I know a lot of people that do that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Right. And I, I migrated from kind of, I started out on the East coast, uh, in Maryland, which wasn't that different kind of like climate wise from where I was from. And then, you know, over time we migrated West. So, you know, lived in New Mexico and, in southwestern Colorado and now back in New Mexico. And I actually like the, the climate here because they're real winters. They're not super cold. There's also summers here, but we live at high elevations, so they're not super hot. So you kind of get a moderate climate and you get to experience four seasons, which I really enjoy. Yeah, definitely. I need to spend some time in New Mexico. I haven't really spent much time there. 
yeah, it's a big state, and there's just a few places that's worth visiting, I would say. So. <laughs> Fair enough. So I'll, I'll make sure I don't don't end up in the desert. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Look me up if you come here. <laughs> yeah, I d- definitely will. So, cool, man. Well, you own and operate Open Doors Capital. You know, you guys are focused on apartments all across the country. You guys are experts in this field, so I'm excited to have you on you know, really talk about some of the lessons that, you know, selfishly I can glean off of. And also my listenership, um, we like to get pros on this show to talk about, you know, the do's and don'ts and the watch out so that we can become better investors ourselves, whether from the active side or the passive side. So just excited to talk about your experience and, you know, the real estate investing landscape as we see it today and maybe what we can, what you expect to see going forward. Yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, let's do it. So you you moved from Denmark all the way over here, and what your career? What was your career in before real estate? Yeah, so when I came, I was in. The, I started kind of out in telecommunication, right? We were talking the mm. late late nineties. Telecommunication was blowing up. I ended up going. I didn't have a college degree when I first came, so I ended up going to school here. You know, got an undergrad and a graduate degree in computer science. Essentially, I was I was basically you know I love I love technology and IT and that was kind of my passion and I just got got into that and it was an amazing career for all these years right and I thought that was what you're supposed to do is get a job and do your thing right and uh, so that took me you know as I mentioned from the east coast to southwest and to Colorado just different jobs and kind of not really with a, a lot of intention just like oh here's a you know time to move here's a good yeah. job let me just follow that but then in my yep. mid-40s, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 52, right? It's about seven, seven, eight years ago, I realized that I had another 20-plus years of working in this field. And, you know, so many new technologies, so many ways I had to retool. And I was like, man, do I really want to do that just so I can continue keeping up with this? Or should I just, you know, shift gears and try something new that actually would have a meaningful impact on my, you know, my wealth and my, freedom and all these things and i realized you know real estate investing was the was the avenue that was gonna that really made sense to me so i kind of you know started about seven years ago and in this in this area well that's wild to think that you just started seven years ago and you're crushing it but i love the fact that you focus on that you in your previous career you had to retool and i think that's a really good framework to, to think through, because I think we're all going through that as technology advances, as practices in every business, you know, we're always getting better and everyone's having to like reschool, retool their own skill sets. So, you know, that's really time intensive. And I think the, like you mentioned, really, I think a lot of the goal for many people in this life is to get the maximum value on your life. And whatever that means for you, like you mentioned activities like biking and hiking, probably family is in there as well. You know, how much time are you spending with your family? Is it really, do you want to be spending your time thinking about retooling yourself and your own skill sets, or do you want to be spending it with their family? So I, I love the the relationship there. And that's a really good motivator on it moving into real estate. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, I was, I was in technology that wasn't, really 
I, there was a dead end. <laughs> I knew yeah. that that wasn't going to, you know, last my career, you know, through my career. And I was like, wow, what, what, what happens here? Right now we're seeing all the AI and all these new things. I'm like, wow, I don't really yeah. know that I really have the passion for it anymore. And especially there's like, you know, here's an opportunity to get some time back. And, you know, hey, we're recording here at Friday. It's noon my time. I've been on a hike with my wife this morning on a bike ride. I just go back, right? So I mean, this is the this is an amazing life. I'm gonna still work and do stuff, but it's on my terms, right? I mean, I spend the first four hours of my day just kind of doing what I want to do. So I mean, I could never imagine that just you know a few years ago that this would be possible. So this is just what yeah. what you can create, right? It is what you can create. It can create massive time freedom if you do it correctly. You're gonna hit mistakes along the way, but you know, over time you keep learning and keep executing good strategies and, and it will happen. And I love that you, you mentioned that you just on a hike with you, with your wife, and then you just hopped into this podcast recording session. Um, because right now I'm struggling a lot with, um, you know, there's so much focus on grind, wake up and grind. And I feel like, you know, that that's maybe good for some people, but other people, you know, they actually operate, better at a different frequency, whether that's more calm and relaxed and neutral. And whereas other people is wake up and immediately go to the computer and start working. Um, but sometimes, you know, I think it's very people dependent, like what your personal preference is and also what's happening into the day obviously has a big impact for that. Um, but as a high performance coach, which you also are, can you talk to us a about one, what that is and how you, use that certification in your life and helping others achieve their goals? Yeah, absolutely. So I realized when I, <clears throat> when I embarked on this journey, I didn't realize it day one. I realized that a couple of years down the road that I needed some help, both both on the, the kind of the, the, the nuts and bolts of investing, actually figure that piece out. But I also needed some help with my mindset, right? Because I was thinking too small. I was doing small stuff by myself and I didn't really want to partner in, in doing all these things. So I realized that I needed some help, right? So this is actually the beginning of the pandemic. I hired my own coach because like, man, I need some, some help here to really move forward. And at that time I realized, oh, you know, we're always our worst, our own worst enemy in the sense that we, we hold yeah. ourselves back. We have negative self-talk. We, you know, we just kind of distract ourselves and so forth, right? So through that work with my coach, I still work with well, some in the same area, right? And I, I started making those necessary changes, right? And it's starting to day with intention. So I get up at 5 a.m. I, you know, I do my 20, 30 minutes of workout in my living room, right? And I sit down at a journal and plan my day and read, right? So the first hour, hour and a half, is, 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 is dedicated to that. And then in the summertime, I typically go and, you know, go for a run and go ride my bike before I sit down and start working, you know, at 7, 8 a.m. or something like that. I tend to work, you know, 5, you know, 5, 6 p.m. But I really know by the time 5, 6 o'clock rolls around, I'm, I'm dead. My brain can't really function anymore. So it's just pointless for me to sit there. You know, and I yeah. try to keep it to four days. I mean, my Fridays, I really try not to have uh, a bunch of meetings and commitments because that's really my day to either you know do the work I didn't get a chance to do during the week or spend time with family or just you know just enjoying the summertime here so that's how I how I do it so back to your question what is a high performance coach well that's somebody that helps an individual get a higher level of 
clarity, energy, productivity, courage, and influence in their lives, right? So basically, once we cover all those areas, once we know what the amazing life we want to create, once we get the productivity to move towards it, we can we can achieve anything we put we put our minds to. Most people just don't have the guidance to get there. They just like they either distract themselves too much, or they just find something mm-hmm. they think they want to pursue, and then they go in that direction, and it's just not very productive and so forth. So that's what I do, and I basically work one-on-one with people that uh, they know that they can do more, they just need a little guidance, kind of get mm-hmm. it. How much of that do you think is related to accountability and investment? Like when a person comes to you and say, and invest money with you in the program, like they have, A, their dollars are at stake, and B, they have essentially an accountability partner to execute the things that they probably already know, or at least have an idea of what they need to do but not specifically. Yeah, I mean, the first thing, right, you probably signed up for webinars and, 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 and meetups that were free and like, eh, you don't really want to go. The time when you had to spend, you know, 500 or or $1,000 to go to a conference, you're probably going to show up, right? <laughs> you know, so once we have that financial commitment, it creates a whole different level of like, okay, I'm actually serious about this. And you're, trying to, you're kind of telling your brain that, hey, I'm willing to put my, my money where my mouth is, right? This is important enough for me. When I first signed up for some of these things, I was like, oh my God, I never spent I never spent this kind of money on a on 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 just something that that's a, a learning platform or personal yeah. growth platform, right? Now that yeah. I'm in, in the space, I mean I see how this works, right? Now I understand it. But the first time it was a huge leap for me to do it myself. You know? Yeah. Um, and understanding the value. In in our society now, it seems like it's just um, everyone just accepts that colleges and other learning institutions, you have to pay 30, 40, 50 grand at least. But when it's not in the institution that is maybe the, the program that you are working inside of, you know, there's less, you know, quote unquote validity because it's not a government institution. But the fact is like they're actually – probably is actually more value on that back end because they are not part of a larger operation and organization. Yeah. I mean, you know, if somebody comes to me and they want to learn how to invest in real estate or syndicate a deal or something like that, they know, you know, they, I can show them, Hey, I've done this 20 times already. I exactly. Through it, right. Versus you get theoretical education, not saying you shouldn't have a base background in, in general education. Of course you need that, but I think it's much more important to, to develop skills towards a decided outcome than it is to get a lot of theory that may not that may be very hard to to apply, right? I mean, I have a client who's like, "Oh, I'm, I got my MBA a few years ago. I never used it for anything. It cost me a lot of money." I was like, "Yeah, it probably did. <laughs> Let me help you take some action now." <laughs> yeah, well, that hits home for me. I think I. Well, not think. I did. I finished my MBA this last year, and then I was looking at the landscape, and I'm pretty sure that um, I don't need an MBA to be successful in real estate. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> but at the time when I started, I was like, oh, this corporate career path, like they would love it if I had an MBA. But I'm not sure anyone in the real estate world really gives a shit. <laughs> no. <laughs> You're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Well, um, 
the high performance coach. So, so what does that process look like? Like when you go from a potential client um, all the way through, is it specific to real estate or is it um, more general business mindset focused? Uh, can you can you dive into that a little bit for us? Yeah, I mean, I tend to work with people that are in the real estate space because you know I I have the credibility there and I've done it. But I've worked with clients too that are not necessarily in that space. It doesn't have to be this. What it really is it boils down to is you know, Casey, if you if you we need somebody, or most people need somebody to help them get clarity of where they want to take their lives, right? And I think without a sounding board, without somebody that helps them get that clarity, we tend to just kind of bounce around as I did for many, many years, right? It wasn't a bad life, but it wasn't a very purposeful life. So let's create a purposeful life through getting that vision for that amazing life you want to have. And once we know what that is, once that picture is there, we can imagine on three, five, ten years, this is how I want to live. Once we've created that, then we go into the actual mechanics of doing it. Okay, you want to be a real estate investor? Let me help with that. Oh, you want to do something completely different? Well, go and figure out what are the next steps to get you there. So we develop the right creativity, I'm sorry, not productivity, the courage to take action, the influence to get people on board, you know, the energy to make sure that we have the energy to do it. And then then kind of takes through that process. And this is a, you know, this 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 curriculum, this program is created by Brendan Burchard, who's the high performance, you know, habits. He wrote that book and stuff. So it's a it's a very well researched and developed program that is designed to kind of move people forward. So I love it, and it's I've taken a bunch of people through it, and it's incredibly effective. Mm-hmm. How much of that is? Well, I feel like a lot of these programs, for better, maybe for lack of better terminology, I feel like it's a lot of like business therapy almost. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Then maybe I don't follow you. Well, maybe you you know what a, a typical therapist is. You know where you have your personal therapist. You're working from your past experiences, maybe childhood trauma or just experience, bad experiences in your life that led you to have the assumptions of life that you are now operating in now. Businesses very could be very similar. A, you don't know what you don't know. And B, maybe you had bad business ventures before, bad business partners that weren't didn't have good operating agreements with them. Um, and then that kind of and then that projected you into a life saying you're bad at business. You can never do the level of business that you want because you've failed in the past rather than doing what you do and changing that mindset and having a, a growth mindset really and moving forward and overcoming those challenges and those mental hurdles in the business world. Yeah, and it's actually not necessarily business. I'm not a business coach per se, right? I'm a, I'm a high performance. So it really does start, it starts with the individual, right? Because if the individual doesn't have the vision or the courage to take action, that's where, you know, that's where people are held back. So tend to start with the individual and then it moves towards, okay, they now know what they want to do. Then it may move towards the, the practical of, of real estate investing if that's the journey they want to pursue, right? So it's not so much... But, you know, yes, you know, Casey, if you have a failed business behind you that's holding you back from taking action again, for sure, that would be something that, that would be that would be addressed and we would, move, we would move through that, right? So because we all have, you know, I'm not a therapist, as you said, 
said, but it will still, you know, develop that mindset to continue to, to take action, right? And, you know, past failures suck, but it also is a huge learning experience that we can help, that will help drive us and, and give us some insights that other people may not have, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see what you're saying now. Yeah, you're, it's all up to the individual and if they're ready to, to take that step. And do you, do you qualify clients for that? Like if they're uh, I mean, ready I, to I take that next a, step with you? I go through a process, right, of, of we have a long conversation because I want to, you know, I, I want a limited time, right? So you go through a process of figuring out what that person is looking for, if I'm a good fit, if they, if they are willing to explore their... You know, are they really to think about how they can change, right? Because without new thinking, without willingness to change, your life is not going to change, right? <laughs> yeah. God, you're here. It's not going to get you where you need to go, right? So so I, I do spend a lot of time just getting to know qualified people. They, I mean, there are people as like, you know, hey, you're a good person, but you may not be quite ready. Here's some other resources. Start with that and then maybe come back to me in six months or a year when you have and when you feel more ready for it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. You're making sure that they're, it, it is, in fact, the right next step for them. And if it's not, you know, maybe hit me up in six months and we'll see if you're there. Yeah. Yeah. Like I have some other coaches that, you know, if you want to group coaching, if you want somebody that has a different personality or whatever, I mean, there's always different options out there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely different options out there. Um, so Jens, I'd, I'd love to, if we switch it to real estate, you're a pro in this field. And I'd love it if we could get, you know, some of the biggest lessons that you've learned over time. And maybe in today's environment, things are very slow. Deals are very sparse. You know, how can you keep yourself and um, your team motivated to keep moving and driving forward? Um, yeah, I'd love it to dive into how you think of real estate in today's environment. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, um, you know, we've actually had closed, uh, what, four deals this year already. Uh, so it's still possible. They are, we definitely have to look at them a little bit differently, right? Where is there, where is there an opportunity that other people not may not be seeing? So, you know, we did one deal that is, it's a pretty heavy value add deal, but we were able to buy them at 186 units at 52K a door, right? But we're raising a lot of money for the capex. We were raising a lot of money for reserves, and we told our investors they're not going to be any any cash flow for eighteen to twenty four months because we're going through this huge value yeah. process, right? And yeah, I mean, obviously some investors don't want that, but other investors honestly, okay, that's fine. I don't need money right now, so I'm okay with doing that. Right? So finding that, excuse me, that distressed deal, but also have the team that can actually. You know, turning all those units and excuse me, deal with all the challenges there, right? We mm-hmm. did another deal, just somebody that was just tired of, um, they were kind of out of state owners, mom and pop owners of 100, 104 units or something, 114 units, I think it was. Out of state owners, not really doing a good job. We got a hell of a deal on that. We got agency debt on it in the mid fives. And uh, there you go. It's cash flowing like we're like, oh my god, this is such a good deal because we were able to raise rent by a couple hundred dollars, not having to do anything, and so forth, right? So there are some stuff out there, right? And we operate in the upper Midwest, you know, Ohio, uh, Cleveland, Ohio, Western Pennsylvania. That one deal we did in 
upstate New York, right? So we're taking these kind of smaller, like off the uh, kind of off the beaten path uh, properties and deals, and that tends to work with us. Yeah, but I have clients mm-hmm. that are trying to do deals in Phoenix or Arizona or Florida, and it's really hard, right? Because it's you know sellers that don't have to sell. Why would they? Why would they sell in a market where cap rates are expanding a, a little bit and so forth? Yeah, exactly. This, the last few years have treated sellers very well, and they are <laughs> definitely holding on to cap rates of two years ago. Yeah, and you know, if you have a deal that cash flows right, and you're not in, have to refinance. Why would you want to sell? Right? There's no point. Um, yeah, so. <laughs> there's there's definitely no point. How are you managing or thinking about you know agency debt? You know, you just talked about getting getting a piece of debt for one of your properties at, at 5%, which is pretty good in, in today's environment. But when you think about the the value or the risk-adjusted value that you're providing to your investors and then looking at the debt service coverage ratios, you know, how are you managing that risk in today's lending environment and also you know, executing that value for your investors? Yeah, I mean, I do like, I do like agency debt if your business plan matches the long term, right? Because I think a lot of people, they don't really think about, okay, yeah, I got a five or seven year loan on here. If you have, you know, yield maintenance on there in a hopefully declining in, in, in an interest rate environment, incredibly expensive to get out of it, right? So mm-hmm. you're saying, okay, if we, get, if we get seven year debt on this deal, that's a seven year deal, right? There's no, yeah, maybe we can get out early, but we're going to lose our shirts there. So, so we just have to kind of match the expectations of the investors with the debt we get on there. Right? So, I love agency debt for a stabilized deal because it's you know it's the, it's the it's the cheapest from an interest rate standpoint right now. I think, but it's also it's you know you can't do it on a value added deal. It has to be cash flowing. It has to be very stable. So, you know, it's probably one out of four we can do that. You know, and, and you know, we also we're taking on bank debt, we're taking on recourse bank debt on on some stuff as well because we feel like you know we have enough control and we are financially strong enough to, to do that. And it's also you know why would we ever you know you shouldn't be thinking of a deal as as oh if it goes wrong right I, I'm not on the hook for it. I mean you know you should always feel like you're on the hook for a deal that doesn't go well right. So, yeah, so that's why exactly. I feel okay with be okay with some bank debt I mean, but it's expensive right? in the mid six i mean we did a small warehouse deal it's interesting in the mid sevens still feel there's enough value out on there to make it a reality mm-hmm. yeah you should definitely do a deal as if it will never you know go out of plan and you you're just in a deal for the long term i, I think a lot of these people that are trying to flip these deals in two years but you and I are long-term investors, so you have to have a long-term approach to the debt that you put on these properties. Yeah. No, I mean, I, mean, I think we did ourselves a disservice, right, by stuff that was bought in 2019, 2020 and sold by, you know, two or three X multiple two years later, right? Everybody looked like a freaking genius, but that was not necessarily good operations. That was just luck of, of the market, right? And Great timing. Right now, we have to operate. I think I think you know the risk that we are facing too. There are a few deals we have, you know, three, four year kind of 
rich debt on there, you know, we got to try to we have to refinance that. And I don't think we plan on refinancing that into a six or seven percent interest rate. So those deals may not be as profitable as we had hoped for, right? But at least we, you know, we we have fixed fixed interest rate. We don't have a bunch of floating debt, which is <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people are losing their shirts on too. So a lot of people are definitely losing their shirts right now on the floating rate piece. A lot of people just personally underwater, you know, on their mortgages across the country because they don't, they didn't understand the impacts of having fixed rate debt, but I guarantee you, they now understand that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. We have one actually, and we are so close to getting it refinanced. I mean, just pulling out of this, this flowing rate debt that went from four and a half to nine and a half percent or something. It's just crushing us, but we are probably a week or two out from getting it refinanced. And that's going to, if I didn't have gray hair already, I would have gotten into this process. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't even matter if you get more gray hair. It still is going to look good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <clears throat> well, Jens, this has been great. You know, we're coming up on about 30 minutes. You know, we talked about business coaching, what it means to be a high-performance coach, you know, what people can expect when they get a hold of you to see if they're really ready to to enter that world of high performance and coaching and then even further into a little bit more specific asset real estate asset management and and things like that so is there anything else like is there one thing that you'd like to leave us with today you know as we think about the the world in which we live in of high interest rates possible low economic growth in the next 12 to 24 months I'm not really sure what's going to happen, but I feel like we've been saying that for like five years now. So I don't know if it's just like something that we're all going to keep saying or what, um, but I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Well, you know, I mean, I'm my parent I mean, growing up in the 70s and the 80s. I remember my dad talking about interest rates and, you know, 10, 15 percent. I don't know how high they were in Denmark. I know they were 18, 20 percent plus here, right? People yeah. still doing real estate deals. I mean, we're just so spoiled. I mean, it's still relatively low interest rate. And I think the biggest thing here yep. is don't don't sit on the sidelines and wait for whatever magical moment to jump back in, right? Because there ain't there there there, there isn't a perfect time. You know, I mean, you know, we've done deal a few years ago, interest rates in the threes, but the prices were high. Now the prices are lower, so it's like if you can if you yeah. can make it work so and come in with enough reserves, just Take some action, right? You'll will, you will look back and say, well, I'm happy about that real estate, you know? Yeah, exactly. Taking action, getting off the sidelines. And like you said, no, these numbers are all just a relationship with interest rate, with purchase price. It, it's all a game and they're all levers that you can place to get into the game. You just need to pull the right level levers and have the right relationships in place. And you can do that today by simply picking up the phone and telling people what you're looking for and going after it. Absolutely. So, Jens, appreciate your time today. Is there anything else that you'd like to leave us with? Um, no, I think uh, you know, the other thing is, you know, you mentioned my company, in Open Doors Capital. I'm actually rebranding with my partner. So the new company name is Incrementum Equity with an I on incrementumequity.com. And basically that's, we're just rebranding together because our name was close to some other names out there and, and, and so forth. And, uh, you know, we just kind of continue to add values, value to our investors that way. 
That's great. Yeah, we will definitely put um, the new rebrand website into the show notes as well. So we can help help you redirect your investors and future investors into that platform. So Jens, appreciate your time today. And for everyone else, we hope you gain some insights and look forward to you listening to another show. Jens, thank you again. Thanks, Casey. Thanks, Casey. Appreciate it. All right. See you, everyone. Bye.